thinking of launching a podcast or already launched a podcast, but it's not growing. Today, we've got some great insights from some podcast veterans. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm going to help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. If you want to monetize it, well, I got a book, Profit From Your Podcast, available at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com, and I've been told I don't mention that enough, so there you go. My website is SchoolOfPodcasting.com, and if you go to SchoolOfPodcasting.com slash listener, you'll see where that automatically gets you 20% off either a yearly or monthly subscription. And I'm on my way to podcasting uh, a version like 3.1 of the School of Podcasting. I'm adding some more tools to it that are really going to take the community feel of it, uh, well, like off the hook or insert some sort of euphemism here. But I was at PodFest, and uh, one of the people that if they say, hey, I've got an idea for an episode, it's pretty much a green light. Uh, one is Glenn Hebert from the horseradionetwork.com and a bunch of other my friends. But one of the guys that every time he comes in town, we go to breakfast is Joe Salsi High from Stacking Benjamins. Joe is a guy that started just like you and I in the basement and started a podcast. And that has led to him now being on the Westwood One Network. It's also allowed him to get a book deal and then do a tour. Yeah. So Joe's doing okay with that little podcast of his. And so someone came to him and said, hey, I would like to start a podcast with you about real estate because Joe is all about personal finance. And Joe is not going to do that show, but he's helping to produce it and help to shape it. And I said, well, are you doing anything differently than when you launched uh, Stacking Benjamins 12 years ago? And he is. So the old saying is, of course, you know, there's there's learn from your mistakes, but it's even better if you can learn from somebody else's mistakes. So I wanted to kind of approach launching a podcast based on the insights from veteran podcasters. And so I had this long conversation with Joe and his co-hosts, Crystal and Alan, who will be doing Stacking Deeds. You can find that at stackingdeeds.net. And I wanted to pull some clips in from other veterans that I've had on the show like Kristen Meinzer. She has some awesome clips that I was like, oh, we need to bring those in. And then I just listened to an episode of the Jordan Harbinger show, and Jordan has been on the show, and I consider Jordan a friend, and I reached out to him, and besides saying happy birthday, Jordan, I said, dude, you just did a mic-dropping moment on your show about why his show isn't three hours long. Can I please play this in this episode that is Insights from veteran podcasters. And he said, sure. And thank you for the birthday wishes. So that's what we're going to hear today. And so the first thing is you have to come up with a strong idea and it can't just be, well, it can be, let's, let's get that out of the way. Look, you can do whatever you want. These are just some ideas. These are some insights and you can either go, yep, that's not the kind of show I want to do or, Hmm, maybe that will make my show better. But there are a lot of people that just get together and like, hey, let's talk about blank. And according to Kristen, you could do more than that. You mentioned your your movie show. I love this line. A podcast about movies isn't really a show, 
movies are just a topic. Yes. And I heard that. So can you expand on that a little more? Oh, yes. Well, I'm sure everybody in America at some point or another in the last year has met somebody who said, gosh, podcasting. You know, I've thought about starting a podcast before. And I'd say at least 25% of the times when somebody approaches me about that, the word movies comes up. And I'll say like, like, what if I show, hosted a show about movies? Sometimes it's like, what if I hosted a show about music? But it's both of those come up a lot, music or movies. And those are topics. What is it you're going to do about the movies? What is it that you're going to do about the music? How will you differentiate yourself? What unique thing is going to be injected in there that will make me feel that I'm getting something beautiful that I haven't heard before? And in some cases, it's going to be a historical take that no one else is doing right now. And in some cases, it will be tying two subjects together that nobody thinks of at the same time. Like, it's all about sports and movies, for example. But no matter what, it's also going to include some unique perspectives from the host and the host's personality as well. But these things have to be thought of if you want to attract people. Because if you say, I'm hosting a show about movies, why would somebody choose you over any other show to listen to? Schoolofpodcasting.com slash 682 is where you can hear my interview with Kristen. And I was talking to her about her book, So You Want to Start a Podcast. And if you go to her website, kristenmeinzer.com, you will see she is an official big shot, smarty pants. You have to scroll when you go to her credits page. But going back to Joe, Alan is a real estate guru and he wants to start a podcast. And I'm just going to let Joe tell the story. Alan is a guy that just knows a lot about real estate, has had his own real estate podcast. And he wrote to me after he was on, he was like, man, that was fun. Enjoyed meeting you. Like we should always write a thank you note, right? Afterwards, uh, when we go on each other's shows. And Alan did that very nicely. But then he said, hey, I'm, uh, you know, I was thinking Stacky Benjamin should probably have a real estate show because I think there's enough stuff there and you have a unique enough voice. I think it'd be great. And I'll put my name in the hat to be a host of that show. And I wrote him back saying, screw you. I am not doing that. I know enough to focus, do the thing you do to do and do it well. And no thanks. Thank you, but no thanks. And then a year went by. I learned something from coaches, Dave, that I had, which is also another valuable lesson for all of us. And the question was, ask who, not how. And ask who is always great. Like we get in the weeds all the time, right? So how do I do this? How do I do that thing? And Dave knows, because he's one of my who's, that Dave gets this random email from Joe Saul Sihai about once every four or five months going, Dave, who do I talk to about this? And Dave is my who, <laughs> and he knows exactly where to go. And so, uh, in fact, building the website for our new show, we did that. And Joe noticed that he had been getting thousands of followers on the fireside chat. Yes, the one from Mark Cuban. And when, you know, an algorithm sends you a bunch of traffic, you want to make sure there's something for that algorithm to chew on. And he had remembered Alan maybe because he sent him a thank you note and remembered the real estate show. And because Joe is Joe, to use Kristen's words, real estate is a topic. How are they going to make it into a show? How are they going to be different? But but the last thing that I wanted, being a guy who's very interested in diverse conversations, stuff for you know wealthy people, for people just beginning, for people struggling with debt, for people all over the place, like I really like having this nice fabric. The last thing I needed was another dude who's a middle-aged white guy <laughs> to be on, <laughs> on another show of ours. Like we try very hard 
to have a show that is for a wide group of people. So I'm like, okay, Alan is a full-timer. I need to make sure that I pair him with somebody who I've had admiration for. And uh, because certainly I don't have time to do another show by myself, but I can produce it. I can help us get this head start from all the mistakes that we made, which is really what you know, I talked to you about maybe maybe the School of Podcasting audience, the show that I love so much every Monday, maybe uh, we can help people avoid some of the mistakes we made by showing people how we are thinking about this new show in the same way I was thinking about my show 12 years ago and screwed everything up. And that's how we ended up here. But I want to point out Alan's story of reaching out to Joe is another example of sometimes when you get a no it's really not a no. It's a not now. I've approached many different guests and I got a no. But the third time I asked, I got a yeah. And many times it was because they had something to promote. So keep that in mind. No is not always no. It may be a not now. But the other thing about a podcast is it becomes kind of your resume. I've been hired three times. I got hired once to work at a college. I got hired once to help run a podcasting track at at the time, one of the largest kind of media events, the uh, New Media Expo. And I currently work at Libsyn, one of the largest and the original podcast media hosting company. And so here again, how you act in public, shall we say, can shape how you might end up with an opportunity. That's one of the ways when you make money with your podcast, one of the ways you make money is through opportunities. And that's kind of the case here with Kristen being selected as a co-host for the Stacking Deed show. And she was a great guest. Crystal doesn't know any of this, but I'd always wanted to do more with Crystal. And following her on social media and watching just how personable she is, how articulate she is about the stuff that she loves, and the fact that she's not a real estate pro, that she's somebody who's an enthusiast who's part-time, like that is great. And also the fact, and this is a key too, Crystal's an engineer. And so if we're going to pair a real estate expert with anybody, it should be somebody that knows how to ask these questions. So if you want a diverse audience, you need to have diverse topics and diverse viewpoints, because if you have somebody, I see so many people that want to do this. I'm going to do a show with my bestie. He's, he's the best. I've known him forever. Well, then you end up with a show that sounds like this. Welcome to What You Watching, where two lifelong friends, Dave and Rocky, talk about what they're watching. I'm Tiny Sphincter. Here's your hosts, Dave and Rocky. Oh, thank you, Tiny. Good. How's it going, Rock? Oh, good, man. Yeah, I want to start off. I have been watching Shrinking. It's on Apple TV. It stars Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. And I got to tell you, it's dark humor, and I love it. What about you, Rocky? Oh, man, it's like Harrison Ford is like this old grumpy guy. I mean, who doesn't love that? Oh, and that music means it's time for the lightning round. So today's topic is classic entertainment. I'll give you a title. You let us know if you liked it or not. The first one, Stripes. Oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, I, one of my faves. Caddyshack. Oh, another one. Great flick. Uh, it's a classic. Spinal Tap. That is a fabulous picture. It goes to 11. Grey's Anatomy. Now, you might not believe it. I've never seen a single episode of Grey's Anatomy. What? 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 Now, I know you might think that's not true, but it's true. I've never seen an episode 
of Grey's Anatomy. Rock, what do you think of it? Hey, yo, I've never seen an episode either. And that's going to do it for today on What You Watching, brought to you by Warby Parker Eyeglasses. So here, Alan and Crystal have different experiences, different insights, etc., and that's going to make the show more interesting as opposed to the Rocky and Dave show. But that doesn't mean instant success. It doesn't mean instantly, oh, hey, look, we've got three people with three different viewpoints. This is going to be great. Listen what Joe said. One thing that we ask all the time, Dave, is how do we find a bigger audience? How do we get more people to listen to our show? Have better conversations. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jump in there. Uh, I almost want to put that on like a uh, extended dance loop. How do we get more people to listen to our show? Have better conversations. Better conversations. Better, better, better conversations. How do we get more, get more people? Better conversations. Just making sure you didn't miss that point. And one of the ways you can have better conversations is by remembering who your audience is and making sure that you are hitting the points they want to hit. If you're doing interviews, asking the questions that they would ask if they were in the room. Here's Joe. So if you're going to think from your audience's point of view, I need to realize they don't know as much as we know. We want somebody to kind of take the ride, but also somebody, Crystal owns property. She's somebody who's been in real estate for a while. She's had her real estate license before, but is not a full-timer. So all you need then is some differences in experiences and some differences in you know perspectives and you're good to go, right? When people listen to your show, they, they, they're going to assume you know what you're talking about. So this show is not about real estate. Don't get me wrong. Our topic is real estate. It's about entertaining people and it's about the, the end experience. And by entertainment, I don't mean we have to be funny all the time. Certainly we will be because that's in our blood. It's what we do at Stacking Benjamins. We're going to have some fun, but it's about your audience experience is the important thing. If you go into a top restaurant, you don't think to yourself, does this chef know how to cook? Of course that chef knows how to cook. The key differentiator between Michelin star restaurant A, B, and C is the experience of the person who's dining at that restaurant. So we needed to make sure that we had a listener experience, which is really dynamic. So actually, Alan came up with the idea for uh, what our experience would be. Our show's live from Mom's Basement, the Stacky Benjamin Show. So Alan, you want to tell them what, what we're doing on, on Deeds? Yeah, sure. So every podcast, we're stuck in the back of Ruth, the Realtor's Stretch Lincoln Town Car, probably from the <laughs> 70s. There happens to be a podcast booth in the back seat, along with ashtrays and microphones you know, in the back. Yeah, microphones, uh, some Jolt Cola cans back there. You know, it's it's a time machine at the same time. Well, here's the beauty of both of those. They trigger theater of the mind. Because for me, it's one room, Joe's basement. There's no, not multi, just one big, long room. It's a rectangle. You know, stairs going up the side, but it's wood paneling. There's wood paneling on the side of the basement. So everybody has a different picture of Joe's basement in their head. I did want to ask Alan, you waited a year to hear back from Joe. Two years. Two years. Okay. So what was going through your head? Yeah. The first time I asked him, Joe quickly replied, unsubscribe. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, (laughs) honestly, I was like, you know what? If I was going to create a real estate podcast, I would love to make it as good as Joe's got Stacky Benjamin running. So I was like, well, let me mess around. Let me try to learn. So I started my own podcast. His no was like, okay, fine. I'll do it myself rather than just sit back and and relax. And when I heard that, I smiled because to me, 
that is someone who isn't just podcasting to go out and make money. It isn't somebody who wants to be famous or whatever. And that might be part of it. Sure. But in the end, Alan has a burning passion to share his knowledge. And when Joe was like, nope, sorry, we're closed. He was like, I'm doing it anyway. Thankfully, Joe came around and said, okay, I'm ready. I think we may have talked a year in between and you're like, maybe, or Hey, you know, we just stayed in touch. And then we ran into each other at a conference and uh, sort of picked it up again. And they picked it up again. And Alan and Crystal got together and put together an episode. And then all of a sudden I hear from Crystal and Alan, they're like, Hey, we made a prototype and I listened to it and it had no structure. It had, it was just, it was two people talking real estate on a microphone. It was all about the facts. It was very factual. It was so boring. It was just so, 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 so boring. And I said, okay. And what's funny is I got a little angry. I'm like, no, no, no. If this is going to have our, my name on it in any way, we're not doing it this way. We're doing this. And what's cool, definitely a testament to these two, Crystal and Alan were like, yeah, let's do it. So then we sat down and then we started working with and building this template out of, okay, we're going to do these segments and the segments are going to be X, Y, Z. And we determine these together, the three of us. And then they made a second one. And the second one they brought, they said, hey, this this now has Ruth the realtor. We're in the back of Ruth's car. Alan does a hilarious Ruth. Crystal's now telling Alan to back off from being so mean to Ruth. All of a sudden, we have this third person in the car that Crystal's defending and is the champion of who's not even on the show, except for Alan's weird voice doing Ruth from time to time. And then they bring me another show. And now it's funny. It's loose as all get out. It needs to be a lot tighter, but it's better. What's neat is we just got done recording episode number one of the Stacking Deeds show. And both of these guys were really upset because they didn't think it was tight enough. And so we've gone from the point where they were like, yeah, episode one, no format, no nothing. This is fantastic, Joe. What do you think? To... They're more critical of this product than I am, which is, which is fantastic. The fact that early on, especially, I wish I'd known this, Dave, if I would have known that you can stop recording, listen to it and re-record it again until it gets to the point that you're proud of it and that you really like it. Like there's some segments on this first episode we've recorded four times. Crystal's never podcasted before. And so there were notes we were trying to hit. So we would just go, nope, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And man, none of this is anything that people listening to School of Podcasting can't do. There certainly are things that Stacking Benjamins now, because we have a team that we can do, they can't do. Everything we've done so far with Stacking Deeds, anybody listening here can do. So Crystal, you've just recorded this segment the third time and somebody goes, no, no, we can do it better. What goes through your head? Like, how do you not go, what do you mean? <laughs> well, unfortunately, Joe makes it look so easy. So when, when you honestly, when you think of the person that's the best, all you all you have in your head is that's where I want to be. You know, I want it to come naturally. It comes so naturally for Joe. I feel like and I know the only way it's going to come that naturally for me is if I practice, if I do it again and I do it again. When you learn something, like a lot of times you will watch like a hundred hours of YouTube videos on one topic to become an expert. 
And that's what it takes. It takes the repetition. It takes, okay, not this, not that. So it's like the repetition, it, it works, it helps because it is like when you go back to listen, it is just a smidge better. And that's all we needed. We needed to move just a smidge every time. So imagine if you have a hundred smidges better than that first take, you are at a hundred percent improvement. And th- that's what we're shooting for. When I talked with Kristen Meisner about her podcast by the book, one person is a comedian, one person is not, one person is maybe a little more logical than the other. So you have that diversity of viewpoint. But listen, when she talks about starting up her show, it wasn't, hey, let's uh, fire something up, hit record and start publishing. In the book, you mentioned that with by the book, you worked on the format for four months. For the pilot episode, yes, we did. Yeah, so what does that entail? Like, what do you do for four months? Restructured the show multiple times. Jolent and I initially, the first book we lived by was The Secret, and we recorded ourselves watching the movie adaptation of The Secret. We recorded ourselves, which is two hours. We started living by the rules of the book. Then we each recorded another 40 hours, I think, of ourselves. So then the question came, what do we do with all this tape? How do we format, reformat it? what makes the show have the best tempo? Where do people get bored? And we tried multiple ways to open the show. How do we introduce ourselves? How do we introduce the concept of the show? How do we make clear the role that Jolenta plays as the believer and the role that I play on the show, which is the skeptic? And a lot of the focus was really just on those first five minutes. How do we make it yummy? How do we make it clear? How do we make people want to listen to hear what happens by the end? So I'm pointing this out Not to say you have to work on your show for four months, but I am letting you know that people have, and it's a possibility, and we heard uh, Crystal talking about how they just kept nudging things forward and getting a little better and a little better and a little better. So I, I say this because I think sometimes that when we announce to the world, I'm going to start a podcast, that somehow if we don't release it, like, I don't know, by next Tuesday... People are going to freak out. The world has waited for your podcast 17 years by this point. As I record this, it can wait a couple weeks or in, you know, Kristen's case, a couple months. And I'm not sure how long Joe and, and Alan and Crystal have been working on this, but I'm just letting you know that it's better to have it right. Right. If you think about it, you only get one chance to make that first impression. And granted, We all always admit that that first episode is not going to be as good as the 10th, but I'm just pointing out that people take time to get feedback. I think that's the thing that as we talk about mistakes that people aren't doing, feedback is the one that I think most people skip. And speaking of feedback, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear Jordan Harbinger, who got some feedback from an audience member And oh, did he put out a mic drop. Jordan Harbinger is one of the guys I talk about in my book, Profit From Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood, available at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. And he got feedback from an audience member that said, hey, you are an amazing interviewer. And he is. But the listener then went on to say, sometimes you are a little chatty Cathy. Sometimes you talk a little bit too much. And Jordan explained why that is. And he gives you insights into how he shapes his interviews. So as Joe said earlier, we need to have better conversations. 
Well, how do you have better conversations? By doing the prep for the episode. Here's Jordan. Sometimes I add these questions in later. If the guest is saying something, but it's really long-winded or it's muddled, I will often make it more concise. So I will synthesize what they said in four minutes. I'll frame it like a question in 45 seconds that they can just agree with. And then we edit out the word salad that they had beforehand. And the reason I do that is because I don't want a two or three hour long show when I can have an hour long show. A lot of people say, why don't you do longer episodes? Because we don't need to. We can do in 45 to 75 minutes what other guys do in three hours because I've actually prepped the episode and I know what is going to come out. And I, and I don't get stoned and start talking about aliens. He's always done the work and he knows what's going to happen. Like I say, more planning equals less editing, but you're always going to try to do better. I know I still listen back to my stuff and go, hmm, wonder why I didn't do that here or there. And that's what Crystal, Allen, and Joe were at at this point. You know, when the recording button is on, you hit it and you give it your all. And then when you record back, you're like, ah, that's where I messed up. And a lot of people don't realize that you have to record, you have to watch your mistakes because you hear it when you watch the, the replays. Because even Michael Jordan, you know, in sports, they watch the replays to see what they did wrong and where they can improve. We are going to be hiring out later on the, the editing. It's in our plan to hire out the editing of this show, but not for the first several episodes. We are taking turns edit, hand editing this, the three of us, because I strongly feel like until I edited my own stuff, I didn't really know what I was looking for. And there is a piece of this that's an art. And now it's very easy for me to speak to our amazing editor, Steve Stewart, and go, hey, Steve, I wasn't looking for that. I'm looking for this. And I can speak in Steve's terms to get that down. But I think I feel bad for people that, that go, you know what? I'm not going to edit my stuff. I'm going to have an editor right away. I think it's a big mistake. You don't need to know as much as you think you need to know about editing to get your feet wet in that territory. I think it's really important to edit your first few shows. I always tell people it's not that different than Microsoft Word. Like Microsoft Word, here's three sentences that need to go. Drag your mouse, press delete. Mm. Okay, how do I get rid of that? Um, you know, um, I think it's maybe, uh, mm, uh, hold on. Okay, that's it. Okay, highlight that part, press delete. It's really not that different. If you recorded it using decent gear, now I don't have to worry that much about making it sound good. It already sounds good. I just got to get the right content out there. How many episodes have you did you guys record before you kept one? Did we have like two fulls or three fulls? Well, yeah, we had three full pilots, and then now we keep re-recording episode yeah. one. Got it. So there were three, basically, that are probably never going to make the light of day? Never. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not, because uh, they're, they're embarrassing. <laughs> okay. yeah. that, no, that's huge, because I, I and I understand why, but so many people, they're going through the learning curve, they're trying to figure it out, and all of a sudden, they've spent 29 hours on episode one, and to go, okay... It's done. You know, it's it's like on the Lion King, they're holding up the oh, cup yeah. and they're like, that's, the what, we brought, yeah, that's what we brought Look. to Joe. That's what we thought. And, and, and to have somebody go, yeah, that's just right there in the trash can. Well, you know, and you're like, but I spent 29 out. No, it's no, that's not good enough. So there is something we did do with those episodes though, Dave, we, uh, we did give it to some people who are not us. A few people who we thought would have our best interest at heart, alpha listeners, I found that with Stacky Benjamins early. We had an alpha listener, my friend, Doug, who was just my friend. And I knew that he loved me. I knew he had my back and he would just slaughter my early episodes. And that was fantastic. 
because having that person that will tell you where you're messing it up instead of, you know, mom going, no, that's great, Joey. It's fantastic. Somebody going, look at you. You're so professional with the microphone. (laughs) Look at you. Exactly. I always go, notice mom isn't talking about the content. Mm -hmm. She's talking about your gear and your lighting. Yeah. So we did have not just us rip it up. We had people talk to us. One guy, a a friend of mine named John, John said, hey, I don't think, uh, you know, Crystal and Alan have enough rapport yet. Like their rapport is not great. And then we just did an interview a couple days ago where the host was like, you two like have the best rapport. You guys have amazing rapport. But that took time also to develop. And that rapport doesn't happen overnight. And there might be some bumpy situations along the way. You know how you see the the mirage? It's like, oh, Joe makes it look so easy. And so in the beginning, I was like, yeah, it's going to come easy. But it doesn't come easy. So you have to be on the team of people who, I guess, have faith in each other. You got to trust each other. So it is. It's the setting of expectations. You don't have the same backgrounds and you don't necessarily know everything. Nobody knows everything. You're as good as your team, I would say. Joe did a great job of, you know, refereeing the divvying of things. Not at the beginning, though. Not at the beginning. I mean, really, truly, the the argument came from, we just met Dave with uh, our mutual friend, Gordon Firemark. We're at PodFest. We've had some adult beverages. We just sat down to meet him. And then Alan says, this may not be the right time for this. Uh, and I might not be doing it in the most diplomatic way possible, but I'm doing everything. Nobody mm-hmm. else is doing anything. And we wouldn't even be sitting here right yep. here if it weren't for me, which by the way, was a hundred percent true. Yeah. It was a hundred percent true. However, Alan is so geeked about real estate and was so geeked about this project. And Crystal was so overwhelmed. This is the third party in the room that from my standpoint, Alan was kind of pile driving over Crystal and Crystal's like, well, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Joe knows what he's doing. So I'll sit back and ride along and would say, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And then Alan would pick it up and do it. But I'm announced to Crystal. Alan begins really, you know, taking it personally. But like, so because they were paired together, it's an arranged marriage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, it was. Yeah. We never yeah. met. We had never met. Yeah, that's true. Because I was, I had visualized this show for two <laughs> years and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay, Alan, half of your of those ideas you need to get from yeah. Crystal. And I was like, okay, who's Crystal Ooh. again? Like, w- wait, what? <laughs> so I'd unwind two years of like daydreaming of this show. And so the the long story short, it, it's made for a better product. It adds more, I guess, depth and uh, diversity and makes it more interesting because I, I'll nerd out quickly. And just to have sort of that, that balance. And then when we all met in person, I know I was definitely feeling like we weren't on the same page. And I was like, but this is not a conversation to have over Zoom. Like, this is my one opportunity. We're we're not going to settle anything unless we're face to face. Like, I want to just look you in the eye and say, what is your dream? Like, I, I feel like over Zoom, you'll tell me what you think I want to hear. But if we're sitting face to face, I'll feel it, you know. And so uh, that's when we sort of really almost reset completely. We've grown tremendously since then. After that, by the way, Dave, uh, that conversation was so contentious. It was a brutal conversation. I think we have to have those. And like I mentioned earlier about having people in your corner that you know love you and will rip your show, which I think is a valuable tool. I think having that brutal conversation was great. And I really even felt the tension as we were 
everybody was headed off to their hotel rooms that night, I could still kind of feel the tension. So the next day we went to uh, Disney Springs together, had a great meal. We hung out together and man, I felt like by the end of that night, like we were, we, we were definitely a team, but a much more honest team. So I think there's value in having that conversation, but then there's also value in, in realizing that, um, that you're having it because you both want the product. You all want the product to be good. And certainly what, what, what I had to do on my end as the guy that said yes to this project. And then Alan said, no, we're, we're going now, even, uh, because I clearly was not paying enough attention to it was say, okay, from this moment on, it's not going to be all Alan. It can't be all. And Crystal said that as well. It's not going to be all you. And we've made awfully sure that at our meetings, like everybody's bringing great stuff to the table. So when you push through those awkward conversations, you come out much better on the other side. And when you're willing to try different configurations, you may be surprised at what happens when you try something different. And in this case, maybe not let Alan do everything. But man, we lose out if Crystal doesn't do it. Crystal is amazing and brings this part of the show that is the differentiation for us. And that is a key point. One of the things, one of the goals of this show was how are we going to be different? And that is one of the hardest questions to answer honestly in podcasting. Giving Crystal the opportunity to take a long time doing it, to mess it up, like to get her feet wet doing this, like is so valuable. So it was really important for us to make sure that we divided things uh, much more evenly. And it's not just recording the podcast, of course. You have to publish and then you have to market it. Marketing your show has to be a part of the show. So while our shows are aiming to be 60 minutes long, we're doing a few things. Number one is we have a guest on some of our shows for about 20 minutes of the show. That person will hopefully go and talk about the show. It also presents ourselves to our listeners as we know a lot of different people in real estate. So we want to be kind of like the community hub, the downtown of the real estate community is if we do this right. We also are incorporating a listener question segment at the end to begin building community right from the very beginning. One thing, one thing we're doing with this show that we don't do on Stacking Benjamins that a friend of mine, Paula Pant, does with her amazing show, Afford Anything, you subscribe for the show notes. So we're going to use ConvertKit to have people subscribe if they want to get the show notes. And then we automatically deliver your show notes. So for Stacking Benjamins, the show notes reside on our website. And then you can just go there and look. But my problem is everybody told me, Dave, at the beginning of Stacking Benjamins, hey, you need to collect email addresses. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's neat. I'm just going to focus on my show. And then it was maybe four years ago. I'm, like, I'm an idiot. I should have been collecting email addresses a long, long, long time ago. And so finally, now we have a good newsletter and something I'm very proud of there. But I think we're going to create show notes for every show because I feel like we owe that to our audience. And having them subscribe to get the show notes delivered to them automatically makes it easier to get email. And we definitely want to get rid of as much friction as we possibly can between us and our, our target audience. One thing I want, to, I want to point out, the stuff I just talked about, Dave, about marketing the show, none of that was about knowing anybody, about friends in the business, about certainly you know us coming on here and talking about the making of the show or whatever it might be. None of that. The show itself can be marketing if you set it up correctly. And I never even thought about it. The question of the month is community involvement. Uh, when I interviewed Kristen, 
she said this. One great way to build an audience is actually, I don't like to use the word audience. I like to use the word community. One way to do that is to make sure that the listeners get to hear themselves in your show. So one reason we dedicate two episodes to each book is so that one episode can be dedicated also to listeners sharing their stories and their experiences. And then there's Jordan. Welcome to Feedback Friday. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. The singer of the band The Darkness, Justin Hawkins' YouTube channel. Today's also an exciting day because it's comments day. Hall of Famers Don and Drew have always featured calls from their listeners at the end of their show. Hey guys, it's Joe, uh, and so does Scott Johnson from What Was That Like? Because we always end with a story that was sent in by a listener. So having a community aspect to your show at the end of your show, I think is a great marketing tool for people to tell their friends about, hey, guess what? I was just featured on this podcast. I asked uh, Crystal and Alan a question and they answered it on the show. You can listen to it over here and they'll brag to all their friends on social media that they were on your, that's a piece of the marketing. Having a segment that is about the guest is a piece of marketing, but also at the same time knowing, because that guest segment's only 20 minutes of 60, people do not come for your guest. And I feel like too many shows I've listened to focus way too much on the guest and way not enough on the fact that I don't listen to WDW Disney podcast by Lou Mangiello to listen to his guests. Or is it, I listen for Lou Mangiello. I mean, I period listen for Lou Mangiello, and I love Lou Mangiello. I don't listen to the School of Podcasting to listen to Crystal and Alan and Joe. I, I come back because Dave gives me great tips, has great people on, is the voice of reason, and it's a great way to start my Monday. So people are there for you, and you need to emphasize that. So if they come for you, where do you put the actual listener part? A good podcast is a mullet. It's business in front and party in the back. Right. Too many podcasters want to do, hey, come see my course, do my thing, do my whatever at the beginning. All this party about community. If I'm brand new to your show, I don't give a crap about community. I could care less. Just give me that thing that's in the title. But then at the end, the people that are there at the end, they're there. Why? Why did they spend the whole episode? Because they love you and they just want a little more. So why wouldn't you bathe them in some community? And I feel like we waste an opportunity there. So I think that mullet analogy as a template, it's a great place for a new podcaster to start. That's it. I purposely did a, a weird sticky thing uh, a couple episodes ago. And I said, I want to thank my producer, Dave Jackson, my editor, Dave Jackson. Um, I want to thank the music supervisor, Dave Jackson. And I, and then I threw in, and of course it wouldn't have been the same without our choreographer, Dave Jackson. And I, I, and I thought nobody's going to even notice that I said choreographer. And I, I thought if anybody is, it's going to be Patrick Keller from the big seance. And sure enough, Monday morning, I am crying about the choreographer. So, And we're going to throw in, and this is a weird quote because this is from the new media show with Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. And the guest is Alex from podpros.com and Podmatch, and he is quoting Jordan Harbinger. And I was just like, hey, man, like, if you were to start a podcast today and you don't have any reputation, any name, what would you do? And his number one piece of advice I thought was gold. And he said, keep it a hobby as long as you possibly can. There you go. And he said, if you start off saying this is a business, you're going to get burnout faster yeah. than if you just enjoy the craft that you're doing. Yeah. And I think that that's gold advice and people quit so fast because they're like, I'm supposed to make money with this. It's not making money. I'm out of here. Uh, or I'm supposed to get famous. I'm not famous yet. So I'm out of here. And links to everything in the show description, but stacking deeds is in a little different position. They're just not starting out. Yes, they're brand new, but they're being launched from a show that already has an audience. So they are already 
considering how to monetize. And again, they're going to do some things differently. Sort of the stacking Benjamin's model and and really sort of leaning in and creating partners that we use in our real estate, you know, day-to-day work as well and, and trust. And notice he's looking for partners and it's companies that he's already worked with and knows. Well, I think right. there's a big piece of it though that we're not doing yet at Stacky Benjamins that we're going to be building in at the beginning, which is uh, a mastermind. And initially, because the show is, it's been so much harder to get it off the ground than we thought. Creating a real estate mastermind is a big thing for us. But so for the launch, we're creating a waiting list. So we're telling people on launch day, hey, we're going to have this paid mastermind where we can teach you to do better real estate too. I know a lot of people in real estate looking for good people to mastermind with, looking for that paid mastermind. We wanted that at launch. We're not going to have it at launch, unfortunately. Hopping in again, number one, notice he said people are looking for this. So they're creating something people want. And number two, even though they don't have it, it's not going to stop them from launching because if it needs to be perfect to launch, you'll never launch. And as much as I make, you know, I poke at Joe with his, I don't know. Throw out a sponsor, Joe. Haven uh, Life. What's the, we yeah, we throw out the well, Haven the, Lifeline. That's it. Yes. Uh, you do them in a fun, entertaining way. And the other thing you do really well is you tease before a, a break. So that I'm like, well, I do want to know who scored 4,000 points in a hockey game and whatever. I'm okay, like, so can I defend myself a little bit here? Well, well my reputation no, is... That's a compliment, man. Okay. I just want to give it, people the sauce of that, which is that I'm a guy that listens to podcasts all the time for fun, right? I think we all should. So as a guy that listens to podcasts for fun, the one thing, Dave, I can't stand is when all of a sudden there's this great conversation and they interrupt it for Casper mattresses. Find those natural breaks in your show and make it so that people are going to want to want to stay around. So we do, to your point, Dave, a trivia segment, and we're going to do this on Deeds as well. We do a trivia segment. We ask a trivia question. We say, we'll be right back. We'll give you a couple minutes to think. We'll be right back with the answer. And then we give them a couple minutes to think while we do our sponsor reads, and then we come back. But it's a natural break versus I'm leaning forward. I'm in this discussion, and all of a sudden it goes to an ad. Are you kidding? I don't want that. Well, I'm, I'm not good at this. So I think my last episode, I said, hey, before I get into this conversation, I got to do the ad somewhere. So here they are. <laughs> it's like so bad. I was like, well, all right, we'll work on that later. You got to fire your train. ad guy. Oh, wait, that's you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I want to thank my ad guy, Dave Jackson. That's what you get for hiring a choreographer to be right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, Joe, you're a seasoned veteran, so you know a lot of people. So if you're a seasoned veteran, you just reach out to your network and you say, hey, I've got a new show coming out. It's March 7th. You should check it out. But what about the person that doesn't know everybody? They're a brand new podcaster. What are you going to be doing to market your show? Talk to people you respect. Write them an email about how much you respect them and what you respect. And don't make it like half the pitches I get for my show where it's like, oh, I've listened to your show, Josh. They're just, it's a, it's a template. But seriously, lean into a few shows, not a lot of shows. Don't spam people. Lean into a few shows and say, you know what? I've been listening to the conversations that you've had. And certainly, Dave, I listen to your conversations every week. I thought, you know something that that people haven't heard about? When I talked to you about this, I said, man, there are a bunch of mistakes I made when I was brand new. It'd be great to come onto your show and talk to brand new podcasters about these mistakes that we made. Or people, maybe not even brand new, just people that don't have the audience that they want to have. 
about what they do. So whatever your topic is, we're doing the same thing with real estate shows. We're going on to shows with people that are trying to get ahead and talking to them about how, you know what, it's okay to screw stuff up with real estate. It's okay to get your feet wet. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Here are the things we think are important places to start doing, and these are things to avoid. And we're we're pitching just a few people that we like, that we like listening to. And I, I did this when I launched my original podcast as well, is find people who, who have the audience that I think my audience would, would also have. And I would just follow the people and say, you know what, let's share audiences. And so whatever they were posting, I would add some content or context that, that would help those people grow their own channels. And then all of a sudden, I'm associated with these people because you see me commenting on all everything that they're commenting on. And over time, I'm now grouped in with those the audience. I'm sort of sharing their audience. They're, they're going to take my audience. I'm going to take their audience. But we're all in this you know, abundance mindset. No one's upset about this. This is how social media works. And then so by the time you launch a podcast, one, I have a network of people in the niche that I'm interested in because I've spent every day for six months communicating with these people who I've never met face to face. And then when I reach out and say, will you be on my podcast? It's, it's much easier to get a yes, because I've been helping them grow for six months and, and going from there. So I, I would add that as a, a great newbie trick. As a newbie, as a new person, I also want to say, if there's a conference out there, go to the conference. This was my first time attending PodFest and I learned so much and I actually connected with a lot of people. Joe started off talking about you know, knowing the who. And that's really powerful because I recently had a psychologist join the school of podcasting and I was watching Apple plus and there's a show in there called shrinking. Um, cause it's about, you know, get it. And, uh, I said, well, congratulations. You now own like Joe owns the finance part of my brain. Uh, if I see anything horses, it's all about Glenn. You know, I've got all these, uh, if I hear cows, it's going to be clay uh, with working cows. Uh, you know, I, so every time, you, you have these relationships and those people become the who people, right? So if I, I'm like, I don't know what to do with a 401k. Oh, I know who to call. I'll call Joe. So that same thing. This is a big marketing thing that we talked about a lot at PodFest that is, I think, an overlooked thing that for new podcasters that we will definitely day be implementing, which is find other people with new shows and do podcast promo swaps. I think podcast promo swaps, even on Stacking Benjamins, I've done some. I haven't been as intentional about it. I've had people reach out to me. I'm like, sure, I'll swap. And by the end of last year, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I not in control of this and creating these swap opportunities with brands that I like? But at the beginning, how great would it be to find a couple other podcasters that are also trying to grow their audience? And you hear a couple of their shows. You know what you're talking about. You're comfortable recommending them so you can put your heart into it. Promo swaps, I think, are a great way for a new podcaster to to begin to grow an audience. Absolutely, because you've already got the one thing is you have people that know how to listen to a podcast. Thank you to Joe, Alan, and Crystal. So many things to pluck out of that. Number one, they didn't release the very first thing or second thing or third thing or, you know, they practiced a bit until they got it right. Now, I get worried about saying that because I can see where some people will never release because they're like, ah, I'm still practicing, but there does come a time when you're like, no, that's good enough. But I love the fact they did that. The fact that they 
They didn't go for another, you know, Alan's a a middle-aged white guy that knows a lot about real estate. Let's find another one of those. No, they found somebody who was kind of a little newer, maybe not as much experience. She's a female and she's a, a woman of color. Yeah, different perspectives. If you want different perspectives listening to your show, you might want to have them in your show. That's a great idea. And I just love the fact that the they push through that awkward conversation. You have to do that if you're going to have a co-host. You have to be upfront on who's doing what and things like that. And again, they said it was interesting because in some cases, maybe Alan was the easy choice to do something. Hey, let's let Crystal do this. Hey, what do you know? We just learned something new because it came from a different perspective. So, and then of course, get your audience involved in some way or another. So if somebody sends you an email, read it on the air with their permission, of course, and things like that. Get your audience involved because I still get giddy when I hear somebody mention my name in a podcast. I'm like, oh, they said Dave Jackson. And I'm, you know, I'm like, really? You're you're giddy, but yep, still giddy. Absolutely giddy about that. So again, check them out, stackingdeeds.net, and you can find Joe's original show that kind of started the whole thing at stackingbenjamins.com. If you're listening to this the day it came out on March 6th, hey, I'm on my way to Las Vegas to hang out at Podcast Movement Evolutions. I'll be at the Libsyn booth. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. It's short for Liberated Syndication. I'm warming myself up because when I work the booth for Libsyn, I say that about 5 million times. And uh, it's always fun. So if you're there, uh, that's the best place to find me at Podcast Movement Evolutions. I'll be doing a talk there as well. Looking forward to that. And that's why I know next week's episode is going to be about newsletters and your podcast. How do I know that? Because the minute I get done with this one, I'm going to record that one because I get back very, very late next weekend and I'm going to be dead. So you, I'm saving you from the joy of Dave post uh, event. I always sound like Barry White. I'm like, hey, welcome to the School of Podcasting. So thanks so much for listening. If you want to join the School of Podcasting, you know, there's another veteran experienced podcast here that can help you with that. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener will save on either your monthly or yearly subscription. And of course, that comes with the courses step by step. It comes with the brilliant podcasting mastermind, and it comes with unlimited coaching from me. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. But it dawned on me, I've had clips from other people that have been on the show, like Kristen Meisner. Yeah, easy for me to say. Well, as Jordan, 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 Jordan points out, well, what's going on there, Jordan? I had no idea. First, I thought when Joe approached me, I'm not going to say stalked me, at accosted me at FinCon. I was like, does he have me mixed up with one of the other black girls? Um, did, did he mean me? Wow. wow. Uh, I'm a big fan of this, of uh, Podcast Studio Pro. Uh, I really like that. I don't get paid by them, by the way. I'm not a, uh, he's been very nice to me. You will see a Stacking Benjamins logo where he's trying to get advertising there now because I've helped him with the product because I love it so much. But having something, it doesn't have to be Podcast Studio Pro. It used to be for us a Google Doc, right? 
but we are far better prepared for our first episode than I was when we, when we did our first episode. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, Dave, that last clip you played really wasn't much of a blooper. It's because it wasn't. It was just a clip that I wanted to put in the show and I forgot. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it uh, right there. 